saying that we were going to get into the movies. Yeah, and I'm only going to get into a few of them because there were way too goddamn many for me to really be interested in telling you this clone version or this clone version in the early studio system. It, it's a good metric to know in a, in a story arc, where should I be? Well, there's Beast, I should step over here. Uh, yeah. Some point, at some point, I'm gonna have to sit down with you, like, and force you, like, pump you full of coffee and be like, no, okay, look. Uh, and are swiftly and brutally put down by the Minutemen who use bayonets to get their point across. Well done there. I'm good, Damien. And I'm also glad that I got your name right this time. I apologize for that one TikTok video. Men of this generation wound up serving a whole lot of them as a percentage of the population because of the war, because of a whole lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and actually, in his case, it was pre-war. But, but you know. I was joking. Did he seriously join the American Navy? He did. Fuck it. <laughs> connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history and English teacher here in Northern California. And um, <laughs> I, I have I have a, a war wound to show off. I didn't mention this uh, before we started recording this evening. My wife tried to cut my finger off in our garden yesterday afternoon. Um, we, we have a whole lot of tomatoes now. I don't know how much I've talked about our gardening efforts uh, recently, but our, our our garden beds have turned into a jungle. And yesterday we went out there and um, armed with uh, one set of hand clippers and one set of old worn out scissors because we, we don't have any other proper gardening implements. Uh, we, we set about trying to trim back the tomato vines. And at one point um, my wife had had a, a, a bunch of tomatoes like three of them on, on one, on one vine, each of them weighing easily a pound a piece. And she said, can you, can you hold this up for me so that I can, so that I can cut them loose so I can cut off the rest of the vine? I said, yes, of course I came over and I held them and she went with the scissors to cut them loose from the vine. And she managed to pinch my right index finger. So, so literally the dominant finger of my dominant hand <laughs> um, <laughs> in the scissors. Um, the good news is she wasn't actually using the hand clippers because if she had, that would have been an emergency room visit because those are sharp enough. She would have just, she would have just taken a chunk out of the end of my finger and, and that would have been it uh, as it was. It just hurt like a son of a bitch and I bled for, I had to have pressure on the thing for solidly 10 minutes. Um, and it's, it's muggly right now. Um, and, and of course it's on the dominant finger of my dominant hand. So, uh, when I try to do many things, I have to take the bandaid off like cooking dinner. I, I can't, I can't keep a bandaid on it. Um, and so anyway, this evening, just in order to show it off and, you know, get a ooh, reaction out of you, I, I didn't put it back on yet, but yeah. So yeah, my, my wife, my wife committed 
uh, assault with a deadly weapon on me. Um, she apologized, of course, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm being dramatic like I am, but yeah, so that's, that's what I've had going on. How about you? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a high school U.S. history teacher up here in Northern California. Um, and I got to say, it's not assault with a deadly weapon. It was the bad scissors. Uh, so, uh, those by definition have been held up in, in court as not being deadly weapons. Um, Your Honor, I couldn't have killed my husband. I used the bad scissors. And, you know, you get enough seamstresses on the jury and you get off. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that the being said, if the seam I, won't rip, you must acquit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So okay. uh, an acquit in time saves uh, judged by 12 rather than buried by. I don't remember how it goes. Yeah, but okay. uh, but um, <laughs> it occurred to me that, like, you guys had kind of I, I think it was a Marx Brothers thing of like. You hold the nail and I'll hold, or I'll hold the nail and you hold the hammer. And when I nod my head, you hit it with a hammer. Kind of. Yeah. That, there it was... Very much. <laughs> hold up these tomatoes with your fingers and I'll cut one. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. And that's how you should tell the story to her family. Um, <laughs> I can tell you this is a veteran of two marriages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, so I had a really cool thing happen. Um, as you know, my partner and I have been together enough years and um, we are both in our 40s. Uh, and so like there's no real time for foolish games and, and fooling around and stuff like that. So I go over there the other day and she says, hey, I got you a gift. Do you want it today or do you want it tomorrow when I come over to do curriculum with you? Um, and my first thought was, well, give it to me right now in case one of us gets sick. So... She runs to the back of the house. <laughs> she comes back and she hands me a left-handed banjo. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Holy God, I got cow. goosebumps. Right. I'm so much in love. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I got a left-handed banjo, Ed. Like, uh, I, I also figured out that the, the instrument that you and I both play, and I don't know yeah. how long it's been since you played it, but. Um, I, I need to pick it back up. But yes, yeah, you do. Um, uh, it, it's call, start calling it a loot dulcimer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cause if you say it's a Woodrow, nobody will know what the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. But a loot dulcimer. dulcimer. That'll People put two ideas know. in their mind. Um, okay. but now I have right. a left-handed banjo. And so I had to buy a left-handed banjo chord book because the normal banjo chord books are all set for right-handed people. And I was getting chords off yeah. the middle and I'm just like, I yeah. couldn't figure it out. But yes, I have a left-handed banjo and I am very cool. So happy. Like it is so nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, All right. um, as a result, I haven't done much to prepare for tonight um, because I've just been left-handed banjoing. I'm hoping that you've got that something. sounds like a youth. Like it's, that's one of those <laughs> things that isn't a euphemism, but it right? sounds like it should yeah. be. I've been slapping banjo. the back of the skin um, and uh, <laughs> just been plucking away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ow. Like I got calluses mm, on my fingers uh, now. It's uh Jesus, dude, lay <laughs> off. <laughs> Man, if you got calluses on your fingers, I I, I don't even okay. Right? Never mind. That's I why I've been know. slapping the skin on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's okay that that you've been uh, uh busy uh banging away on, <laughs> on the old banjo. Sure. Um because because I have I have something for us this evening. Yay. Um, so here's a question, um, as an educator, mm -hmm. 
as an educator. What was, well, I don't know. The, the question I, I, I thought I was, I was going to ask might not be, might not be a good one. Um, instead, I'm going to ask, when was the last time you apologized to a student? Oh, God, easily last year. Um, okay. I have no problem, like, admitting to, oh, that bothered you. I'm so sorry. Like, not just I'm sympathizing, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that that is a thing that I should watch out for. I will do better next time. So specifically, okay, I I'm terrible with names. That's why in my Latin classes, I used to give people names. Like that was the reason okay. I turned it into yeah. a thing, and it was codified, yeah. and it was all this. But at the end of the day, yeah. it was because I'm terrible with names. There were two kids named Aaron in my class, and I called him Aaron the Red and her Aaron the Black because that was the color of their hair. And then the dye ran out in her hair, and she also had red hair, and I could not figure it out. Oh, so you're like, fucking kidding me. Dead serious. So I'm like, you're fucking. <laughs> nope. I'm like, okay, fine. Y'all get Latin names. And it just happened to coincide with the end of the first quarter. Okay. And so I made okay. it seem like it had been planned all along. Um, and so, oh, like any like any good yeah. classroom instructor would do. I mean, come so, on. I gave out questionnaires of like, you know, describe yourself. If you were this, what would you be? If you, what, how give me four adjectives that describe you? What is a a trait that you like to be known for and stuff like that? Then I would go find a Latin word that meant something that they picked. And then I would never tell them what it meant. They'd have to look it up. Right. And I'd always find something where it's like the third or fourth definition. So there'd be a kid who's like, this means that I have a large forehead and I give good fellatio. I'm like, keep reading. I would never <laughs> name somebody that. Or my other favorite, you named my son something that means lazy. I'm like, no, but it's funny that you would say that because if he'd kept reading, he would have seen. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, in 20 years of doing this, I've never ever given a kid that name. What is wrong with you? Like, and then the next year, yeah. I will I, I would yeah. do it again, and the kids would get a second name added. And then the third year, they'd get a third year, a third name. And then the fourth year, they'd pick their final nice. name. Nice. And Very when cool. we did like Latin club activities, if you won an event, you had another name added on. You know, like like Pompey would do. Okay, yeah, like. <clears throat> so then it like, became a like classical Romans. Kids. You know, yeah. had had how many names have you got, man? Yeah, Prynomen, like Cognomen, Agnomen, and then honorific names too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so then nice. it became a competition amongst the kids about who could get the most names in their four years. So it was just all kinds of cool shit based on the fact yeah. that I couldn't remember a fucking name. Um, yeah. So, which I think that's how most traditions start. Uh, yeah, I mean. But then on top of that, so I, you know, back to the straight world, no longer teaching Latin. Um, mm-hmm. I would teach, um, well, I, I would call kids by pet names and mm-hmm. just real quick. Hey, bud, dude, guy, fella, pal, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, uh, hun, darlin, darlin's a big one for me. Cause it's old timey and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, hun, uh, sweetie, could you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and a kid would blanch at that. Sometimes they'd be like, I'm sorry. Uh, I call my kids that all day long at home too. So it just, it's real quick. And yeah. So I still wouldn't admit that I was terrible with names. And yeah. then uh, I have kids who are transgender. And I was pretty good about 
finding the 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 general neutral ones or using the one that fit with their the their uh the gender that they now identify as right mm-hmm. no problem and then i had a kid and, and she said basically she's like you know it's this weird it's an off-putting vibe to be called pet names and i hear you do it to other kids and they might not mind but it, it bothers me and i said you know what fair is fair and i even told her i said look the reason quite honestly is because i'm bad at names but that doesn't mean that I can't change and that I shouldn't try because I'd rather not make you uncomfortable. So I am sorry. And I mm-hmm. will continue to screw it up from time to time. So just call me out on it. Um, and I'm sorry that you even have to do that. But old dog, new tricks. Um, but I am sorry that I made you feel uncomfortable by calling other people by pet names. And I will do my damnedest. Okay. And so that was, yeah, that was last semester. Okay. So, okay. So the all right. Uh, to to be fair, um, I have I have apologized to uh, my own classes, like not not really to an individual student recently. Um, but um, I have apologized to my class, uh, for getting. Uh, reacting with a little bit more force to a particular situation, verbally speaking, mm-hmm. than than was necessary, than than was comfortable for a number of them in the room. I'm not going to say it wasn't appropriate. I'm not going to say it wasn't appropriate. I am going to say it made them uncomfortable, um, or made a few of them uncomfortable. And so, you know, I. Let them know I'm I am I am sorry for having having created a situation uh in which you know several of you were were uncomfortable. Um I do not want any of you uh to uh have any reason to be afraid to be in my room. Mm-hmm. And I am sorry that that I may have made you feel that way in my room. Um and then I briefly and kind of broadly explained what what my reason was for the particular reaction i had had to the particular situation mm-hmm. um i i had i had a student uh right the, the situation involved uh students getting into a physical altercation um and my my response to it was um very sudden and very loud and uh, so without getting into too many other details, uh, and so, but, but I apologized, right? Yeah, rightly so. Um, it, because part of what we ought to model to our students as adults who hold positions of, of power mm-hmm. in their lives and, and over them, we need to model, um, that as a behavior because that yes. is, you know, and the reason I bring this up is because tonight I'm going to be talking about uh, a person in real life and um, an individual uh, in fiction created by that person in real life uh, who seem to have a problem with the concept of apology uh, because they never do it. Okay, finally we're going to do the, uh, the, the, the Professor X expose that i've been waiting for 
Um, I'm sure that one will be killer when it when it's done. Uh, but yeah. that's not actually who I'm talking about. Okay, let me um, try again then. Let, yeah. We're finally doing the expose on uh, Mr. Moore from Head of the Class that we've been waiting to do. Okay, I'm I'm a little I'm a little personally hurt by that one because uh, some in some ways Mr. Moore is teacher goals for me and I got to go back and see what the fuck it was he did that did it was problematic. Um, so thank you, you just gave me some homework to do there apparently. <laughs> um, but no, we're we're looking at a a different instructor. Um, we're going to be looking at Severus Snape. Oh, okay. And his creator. Uh, Joanne K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with Snape. Now, okay. the more redeemable of the two. <laughs> well, except for the fact that he did. Um, oh, and yeah. so still more board, redeemable. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, certainly the fandom still wants to try to work really hard to turn him into a Byronic hero. Um, and Rowling, sorry, did you say Byronic? Byronic. What's that? <laughs> oh, son. Um, so okay. Uh Lord Lord Byron. You you are familiar oh, with okay. the historical figure, Lord Byron. I'm already there. I, okay. I thought it was B I Ronic. <laughs> Byronic. And no, I was like, okay, no. irony plus being <laughs> by erasured. Like what's... see now now I want somebody like anybody in our listening audience, all mm -hmm. you know, 35 of you, however many there are. Um, I want, I want somebody to actually turn that into a thing, a Byronic hero. Well, it would just be somebody getting it on with, uh, Ginny's older brother and the guy from Parks and Rec having a Byronic experience. There you go. Yeah. That, okay. And, and how many <laughs> minutes have we been Byronic. recording? Yeah. Really do think. <laughs> oh, 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 ow. <laughs> oh, and the thing is that one really hurt, but I'm not mad about it. I don't, I don't know why, but okay. Yeah. Um, so, but no, uh, uh, in, in the mold of Mr. Darcy or, um, Heathcliff, um, uh, and any of like any, any hero written by the Bronte sisters, uh, you know, generally saturnine moody, um, you know, uh, self in internally tormented, all, all that kind of crap. Um, that's, that's after, after the model of mad, bad and dangerous to know Lord Byron, um, Rowling seems to have wanted, and I don't know if this was her plan, like when she first started writing the books or if it was something that like came up as she went, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to tell in the narrative. Um, but toward the end of the series, and especially in the last, I'm going to say three books, um, we get bombarded with all of this. Well, you know, uh, Harry's dad was actually kind of a prick and, right. uh, serious black and, and James Potter bullied him. And, and there's all this stuff that's like trying to turn him into a sympathetic character. And then at the very end, um, especially in the films, and I, and I think part of the reason that the fandom is works so hard, so bloody hard, to try to to try to redeem him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, aside from the fact that it is technically word of God, because Harry goes on and names one of his kids after the guy. Right. Um, like what the hell? Like you couldn't name your kid Rubius? Like, 
Really? Right. Seriously? For fuck's sake. But anyway. Um, but um, you know, the, the fandom, this 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 whole episode uh was was uh built around two two things that that crossed my perception okay. in the space of about a week. Um Number one, uh, first, my my son asked to rewatch the first Harry Potter movie. So, okay. all right. So we went back and we're watching the first Harry Potter movie. And at the very beginning of the film, and it is also at the very beginning of the book, um, we see uh, uh, Albus Dumbledore show up on Privet Drive. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as he walks up, he says, I should have expected to see you here, Professor McGonagall and a supposedly, you know, uh, looks like stray cat, uh, transmogrifies, transforms into Professor McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have an exchange. And part of the exchange is McGonagall saying to Dumbledore, are you sure uh, we have to put him here? These people are the worst muggles imaginable. Right. And Dumbledore, Dumbledore responds with, they are the only family he has left. Which I, I've never been okay with that. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to, and I'm, and we're going to, we're going to get to that yeah. in a bit, but, but that was, that was like that, that really twigged for me. And I was like, yeah. no, huh. And then about, I don't know, a day or two later, um, just scrolling through uh, videos on Facebook. Um, there was some fan made video edit that was attached to some piece of fanfic somebody had written that was a letter from Snape to Harry that was, I was never your enemy. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, and look, you know, and, and, and just like all this shit that like, right. In order to write it, you, you have to willfully ignore so much text. Yeah. But it was, but it was this, you know, um, I, you know, I, I loved your mother so much and you showed up and, and, you know, I saw her in your eyes and like and from I'm the so day you, and, yeah. And from know. the day you showed up, I've been trying to protect you and I, I did all these things. I'm like, okay, now fuck you. And so as has happened with so many other episodes I've written, this was motivated essentially by a fuck you, um, <laughs> because no. So, so the, the title that I have here is uh, Snape is damned and Rowling doesn't understand why. So let's okay. get into it. Yeah. So right off the bat, Snape, Snape is a goddamn bully. Like there's, there's no, there's no two ways about it from the literally the first time we actually hear him speak. Mm-hmm. He opens his mouth for the first fucking time. And the very first thing he does is he uses his expertise. Like he is doctorate level educated in all of this potion stuff. And he uses his knowledge and his position to bully Harry. Right. Who like is, there is literally in day one of boarding school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having just lived like for the last 10 years in an abusive home. Well, one, like, like. Snape Snape is unaware of the abuse at home part, but he knows that Harry hasn't been living in the hasn't had any contact with the wizarding world, right? So and, and not only knows, abusive but neglectful too of yeah. of the education that he is now getting. Yeah, yeah, and so you know Snape just like you know immediately turns it into the situation of 
uh, look how much smarter I am than this 11 year old. <laughs> okay. Have like, we, have we like, each fuck had you. colleagues how old like are you? that though? Oh, oh, have, yes. Yes. Have we yes. both had to sit in <laughs> on meetings to defend their contract rights because they keep trying to fuck them up? I have been very fortunate not to have to do that yet. Well, it must be nice. I I am <laughs> so sorry. Jesus yeah. criminy. Hey, but at least that way I can use the contract to defend myself. So Okay, well, yes, this is if true. I def- if we, I defend gotta, them, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, you got to you got to defend <laughs> the process has to be followed. Everybody involved has to follow the rules and whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, they have the same rights we do. Yeah. Yeah. I I have well, you know what? No. Um I have had a situation, but it was, it was a different kind of thing. Like I, I categorize it differently than what Snape does, but it, sure. in the end, in the end, it's, it's similar. It's rooted right, in right. the same kind of thing. Um, so, um, he, he also in the same moment, in the same moment that he uses his, his knowledge and his position of power to bully Harry he furthermore uses it to then like for bonus points deride Hermione. Yeah. He, well, he doesn't use his expertise against Hermione because she matches him. He uses his power over her though. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't like, doesn't he take away points from her house immediately? Yes. Yeah. Uh, For, for, for her and Harry. Right. They both, they both lose Gryffindor points. Right. Or he takes points from Gryffindor on, on their behalf. However you phrase that. Uh, of all things, he penalizes her for being a know-it-all. Yeah, you're an educator, motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. no, my my fury towards Snape burns with with the lambent righteous fury of a thousand suns, and it will never mm-hmm. go out. And and like that moment right there mm-hmm. lights me off so hard. Like, oh my god. Uh, he consistently plays favorites. Yeah. Consistently plays like throughout the entire series. Um, and his favorites are privileged kids from pure blood families. Oh yeah. It's not just uh, his house per se. It's not just his house. It is specifically right. Malfoy and Parkinson. Right. Uh, par- yeah. Pansy Parkinson. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that upper crust Aryan blonde, you know, right. Uh, fucking crew. Uh, being pure blood isn't enough because Ron gets his more than fair share of abuse, and Ron's family are noted to be just as pure blooded as That's the Blacks right. or the Malfoys. That's true. So, so he plays favorites uh, as a way to get the rub off of of social cachet from the upper class kids that he's he's uh, favoriting favoring i should say uh we never see a slytherin like yeah as as much as 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 much as people in fandom uh who identify in slytherin for whatever reason uh have created all kinds of wonderful funny great stuff about you know my life as background slytherin is a web comic i'm a big fan of um as as much as they've they've you know done self insert stuff to to sure. you know put themselves in slytherin in the books we never see a slytherin who isn't a privileged rich kid 
What about None the two the... toadies to uh, to Malfoy? Are they both? Oh privileged no, they're they're well? their fathers. They're yeah. Oh, okay. it, we we get it is noted in a couple of in a couple of places. Okay. That uh, as much as their fathers are not any brighter than their sons are, uh, they are they are connected and from old families, and so okay. they are okay. they they have they have Upper the social status. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he favors the Slytherins, mm-hmm. uh, and more specific, very specifically. Um, and he's, he's head of Slytherin house. So he uses his power to favor them right. in, in every way he can. Okay. Right. Um, he repeatedly threw Which over to the me, course. Of, I got, I, I got to interrupt. Uh, to yeah. me, that seemed like, oh, this is how they run that school. Like where it's just kind of baked in that you're going to have some teachers who play favorites toward their own school. Um, you know, that, that's what it like, like I could see people using that as discussion of like, no, see, like, you know, McGonagall taught her kids to dance and that's virtually the same thing, you know, stuff like that. Like I could see them saying like favoritism takes many forms and therefore, but yeah, obviously it falls apart when you bring up any evidence, but but yeah. That is like the the shorthand, I guess, the shorthand laziness. Well, um, yeah, and and yeah. the other the other thing is, um, we are we are talking about a series that is basically a boarding schoolboy, you know, series, and right. so there are there are tropes that are going to carry over, and yes. and the nasty abusive teacher is one of them. Absolutely. Um. Oh God, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, Somebody's somebody's school days is is one of the prototypical uh boarding school novel series. Tom somebody's Tom Jones's I don't know it. I think anyway, there's there's a there's a series that actually spawned a spin-off series. Uh anyway. It's, it's a whole tangent, but um the genre of school days, you know, boarding boys boarding school fiction has tropes that that Rowling leans on really hard and and one of them is teachers who play favorites right um and and that's kind of a stock character and and so yeah. you know i mean you you could you could maybe make the argument that snape is just kind of stuck in this role because that's the trope he embodies but but there's more don't... you say there's yeah and and yeah. and we don't see like the the other the other schoolboy series don't have the rabid global fandom that Harry Potter does. And they don't have people trying to redeem those characters. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't see anybody out there on the corner, like holding up a sign saying, you know, that teacher in the, the pink Floyd's the wall that was beating the boy yeah. on his ass. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. I mean, look, his wife was, was henpacking him. He had to finish his meal. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so nobody's being that sympathetic like that. Yeah. That explained his pathos and, and added yeah. to his patheticness. It did not add yeah. to his pitifulness. Yeah. 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 Um, so Snape repeatedly, repeatedly throughout the books, acts with gratuitous and malicious cruelty toward Neville Longbottom and Hermione Granger, reducing Hermione to tears and giving Neville like an actual no shit complex. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, the thing that he fears, fears the most, is, most Snape. is Snape. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, what kind and of just real quick, yeah. Neville, whose parents were tortured to madness, correct? 
Yes. And and it is known that Snape was part of the group that tortured people to madness, right? He was associated with them. The kids, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are adults who know that he was a death eater who got clemency. Mm. The kids, I don't know. I like specifically Neville. I don't know if Neville knows that Snape was a death eater. I think Neville would be in a position to know though, right? Cause his, grandma, I think he, I think he would be knew. his, well, his grandmother, his grandmother, his grandmother might've known. Right. Um, and if, but if his grandmother knew, we also know enough about his grandmother to know that she'd be the kind of like, well, you know, he doesn't need to know that I need, I need to protect this boy. Cause he's, oh, you know, okay. yeah. kind of feeble and, you know, right, right. Uh, her, her attitude toward him is, uh, protectively condescending. Yeah. And so, you know, that might not be something she would, she would let slip to him. Okay. Um, you know, so, but nevertheless, however, like he, he repeatedly, he just, he just intimidates the shit out of poor Neville. Um, yeah, I mean, he he finds a weakness in Neville and just goes all in on it. Oh yeah, like it, it's it is almost pathological how much he targets Neville. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and and, it, you and know, I have a huge soft spot in my heart for Neville as a character, but yeah. it, it is something to see him get picked on. So um, yeah, and you're right, he does go after Hermione, um, and. Any anytime there is an opportunity to be cutting toward Hermione mm-hmm. and okay. to under and to try to undercut her strength. Yeah. He does it because she is no she is no shit. The smartest kid in her class. Oh yeah. Like full stop. She yep. just is. Yep. And where other teachers look at it and like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're wonderful. This is great. He consistently finds a way to make it a negative within the context of his own classroom. Or even if teachers like were irritated with her, you know, and like, just put your fucking hand down, kid. We know, you know, that's still a different flavor than what he does. Yes. And even if a teacher was like, Oh my God, this I'm never going to like, I'd better make sure I put a comma everywhere it goes on the chalkboard. Mm -hmm. Like that's still different. And if it's a teacher who's like, frustrated that you know they they <laughs> cannot come up with enough to challenge this child yeah because we i mean yeah we we've all as teachers mm-hmm. we've been there like oh, yeah, you, yeah. you have that kid who you're like oh my god this kid is way goddamn smart and i wish they had a better way of exercising those smarts because they're right. driving me up the fucking wall right you know so i mean he he is the ridiculous teacher who has beef with an 11 year old yeah like he has beef with an 11 and with multiple 11 year olds for multiple different reasons it's not even like (laughs) i hate all kids who are like you it's no i hate you for this specific reason and you like my eighth grade teacher so i was what in eighth grade what are you 13 13 okay my eighth grade teacher absolutely had beef with me but i fit the mold of the kid that he would have beef with He's the guy oh, who's yeah. handing out okay. articles on why the Japanese are going to eat our lunch in the early. Oh day. yeah, you yeah, know, right. and and he had beef with the fact that I was smart, and that a fact that I was, you know, I I had question authority buttons in Walnut Creek, um, 
you know, I, I <laughs> well see that that marked you. Yeah. yeah, no, that that marked you as a as a potential revolutionary and yeah, an and the long hair like, and you know, stuff fuck like that. that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um like I I get him having beef with me. And that's still different than Snape than, having than beef Snape. with these kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, because because Snape like I have I have seen teachers have beef with students. I'm fortunate in that I was never the kid that a teacher had beef with. Um, but I, I saw some of my classmates be the one that teachers mm-hmm. had beef with. And it was a, I'm, I'm not going to let you get away with a goddamn thing. You're never going to get a favor from me right. anywhere. And, you know, and, and there's always you're miserable. And it's like, yeah. And why, why? Yeah. And, 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 you know, but Snape, there is an added level of vitriol. Yeah. There is, there is a true, genuine, no shit toxicity. Like he really wants to hurt them. Uh, because he is a profoundly uh, insufficient personality. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, and anyway, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, he actively advocates for Harry to get kicked out of school repeatedly, repeatedly. And it's not a, let's get him out of the way. So the death eaters don't find him. Let's, let's make him a longshoreman muggle. Yeah. It's not that. No, 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 it's, it's no, no. I want him gone because I hate him. I don't want him to get to be a wizard. I don't want him right. to get the privilege or, to be in wizarding society. Or the skills to defend himself against what I know is coming. Yeah, I don't I mean, know on if some it's... some levels? I, no, I would say yes, because okay. if you go... And, and if I'm stepping all over your ship, I no, 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 out no, no, of no, chronological no. order. No, when he specifically it. has to teach Harry uh, defense against the dark arts in private, he had to private tutor him, Occlumency, yes. Yeah, that. Um, at one point, Harry figures something out or realizes something, and Snape shuts the whole fucking program down after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, like, you, okay, if you don't like this kid, you promised y- your boy Albus that you were going to do this to take care of him. Also, there's a greater good here. But no, you're still going to withhold this knowledge because you're hurt or whatever. And ultimately, you're giving that kid a death sentence by doing that. because you're embarrassed. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't even. It isn't even. That's hurt. what it was. It's yeah. embarrassment. Yeah, like and get the fuck over yourself. So it it was it was at that point where I was like, "There's okay, I don't, I I I stopped caring how much, <laughs> yeah, he had whatever because yeah. oh, you have a clear duty here, and you yeah. can't even like." if you still want to go back at him harder, like he was earlier in that, in that little arrangement of like, yeah. no, I have to train you hard because blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, I'm totally enjoying it. Um, at least you've got the cover of like, well, this will make him better at it. Right. But now it's like, Mm-mm. no. Okay. Okay. I'm taking you, my ball and going home. Yeah. You do not give a shit about this kid. Got it. Oh no. It, well, yeah. it's, it's actually even worse than that. He actively hates him. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even just, utter indifference it's okay but here's the thing though you and i have also had kids where it's just like oh my god count the i'm marking the calendar for when i don't have to deal with this kid i cannot stand Mm -hmm. this fucking kid i have five in my career 
that <laughs> are the bottom five, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have one who just dips below all of them. Yeah. Um, and wow. Yeah, okay. that kid. That kid's got to be like thirty-five by now, thirty-six. Because yeah, he was a sophomore when right. I started. Okay. All um, right. but I'm kind of curious where he went. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I there there are five kids that I can actively say I disliked. I genuinely disliked. Mm-hmm. I, I will not get to the point of hate, but I think that those are degree. Yeah. I will say this though. I still educated them. I still did my job by yeah. them. I still I, did what was right by them. And yeah. if, if you know, it's it's not like I didn't deny them favors. Of course they did, but it was based on their behavior. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I had, I've had. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't say, I'm just not educating you. I'm just going to kick you out every I'm day. Just I didn't like, even yeah. fucking do that. And, yeah. And in this one, in the wizarding world, um, yeah. he's giving him a death sentence. Yeah. By, by he is he's leaving him exposed. Yeah. yeah. So he's letting his hate guide his behavior towards yes. his kid, as opposed to yes. sucking it up. You can still hate the kid and still educate them. and and still do the job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Also. So he 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 attempts to get Harry kicked out of school mm-hmm. repeatedly, mm-hmm. and then when he looks like he's going to succeed on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. When it looks like he's going to get what he wants, it's not enough for him to get what he wants. He fucking gloats about it. Oh, like brags to he, Harry that he he's leers, about to get him out of there. Yeah, he leers and um, uh, Snape is the Anakin Skywalker of, <laughs> of, uh, of, of Hogwarts because both of them are incapable of doing anything without flouncing or, or, you know, flinging a cape around or smoldering or glowering or, or like, like all the drama, like, is there, is there a way for me to come into the room riding, standing outside a TIE fighter <laughs> when I come in or, you know, I, right. I, I will never just walk into a room. I'm always going to come in with enough speed that my cloak flaps behind me like a pair of Raven's wings. Like I sure, can't, sure. you know the only reason I have my hair this long is so I can flip it out of my eyes, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I say this as, as the guy who literally wears a cape to school half the year. Um, so, I mean, like understand where this criticism is coming from. Like, mm-hmm. come on, you know, bring it down a notch. Um, he, he outs, Remus Lupin as a werewolf. Yeah, and now that's not Harry based, right? That's, no, that's not Harry based. This this is just what a shitty person he is. We're we're okay. now we're now moving on from from just what what a terrible teacher he is to okay. No, no, he's also a shitty human being. He outs Remus Lupin as a werewolf, mm-hmm. and literally, literally tries to get Sirius Black executed for a crime Black didn't commit. And refuses to listen to the evidence of Black's innocence. Right. He doesn't care. Like, I don't... He he comes within a hair's breadth of literally telling the kids, mm-hmm. I don't care. I want him dead. Yeah, now I want to go back to Lupin. Um, yeah. What does he gain by outing Lupin? Um, Lupin was... 
Lupin was one of James Potter's best friends. Right. No, I and, get that he's got a motive for it. I'm asking, okay. does he actually benefit at all from Lupin being outed? Is there any material gain? Lupin, Lupin, does he get his position? Does he get he, the parking he spot? Like, creates the potential to get mm-hmm. the position. I don't think he does get it. I'm trying to remember which book was which and who wound up being Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher when. Right. I don't, I because I think the year after that is Gilderoy Lockhart. So I don't think he got the job. Okay. But by getting Lupin removed from the job, he creates the opportunity for him to take the position. Now, is that at all what motivated him? No. Okay. So that's just a bonus. That's that's a bonus. That's, that's icing on the cake. But yeah. Um, so, and and I and I really want to I want to bear down on on the thing with with Lupin mm-hmm. right now first because Lupin's condition is really heavily queer coded. Oh, very much so. And I don't. And the thing is, I don't know whether or not that was conscious on Rowling's part or not. It was on the actor's part, though. Oh, it, was, it totally was on the actor's yeah. part. Totally was, but. It's still really heavily queer coded in the book. Right. And, you know, initially my, my thought was that it, that it was intentional, but having now done some more research, I kind of wonder if Rowling just kind of fell backwards into that for reasons we'll get into. I would say yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, but the way Lupin is marginalized, uh, mm-hmm. the length to which he has to go to remain hidden Right. And the cherry on top of the Sunday, the direct quote, parents won't want their kids being taught by someone like me. Yeah. Like, I just, there we are. Um, I remember uh, vividly. It's, it's actually, it's, it's odd that this is one, one, of, one of the lines that I remember from the evening news when I was in elementary school. Um, and this is before going to Hawaii. So this probably would have been 1982, Mm -hmm. um, that there was some discussion of legislation, um, in regard to gay and lesbian people being allowed to be teachers. Like, and I don't remember what the context of it was. I don't remember whether it was a bill to protect them or if it was somebody trying to pass a bill to prevent them from doing it. But I remember it was specifically homosexuals and teaching and that there was controversy over that. Um, And like, here we have Lupin, you know, literally, literally saying this. Um, Snape creates the elixir that helps Lupin stay hidden. He he helps Lupin, as it were, remain in the closet. He, right. he, he knows because this also goes back to, you know, years before when, when everybody was a teenager because everything with Snape does because he's never actually, like, grown up. I going to say, arrested development there. Yeah. Um, and and part, of the, part of the issue between uh, Snape and... Uh, James Potter and and Sirius Black and Remus Lupin was that Lupin being a werewolf did create a dangerous situation for Snape while they were at school. Mm-hmm. So this is this is personal vengeance. Um, 
it's but he only he only creates the elixir on Dumbledore's order. Right. And he creates a situation where he actively works to expose Lupin when when Lupin is is out and Snape is, you know, uh in looing for him while he's while he's indisposed. Right. Um, he he creates a situation where Lupin's own students are being fed information that would incriminate him as being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knows Snape knows and and he hopes that this is going to lead to Lupin's dismissal and public humiliation. Right. Which sadly he does get at the end of the book. What he doesn't get is Black's execution. Um, and, and when he doesn't get to see Sirius executed in, in literally like it is referenced by everybody in the book as the most awful way to die imaginable, Mm -hmm. uh, he takes away Lupin's career as a door prize. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't get to see Sirius Black, uh, literally have his soul sucked out of his body and die literally from horrid despair. Uh, and so instead of, you know, getting his jollies that way, he's like, well, you know, I'll just make sure you never get to work again. You know? Yeah. If I can't <laughs> kill a man through the worst way possible, then I will at least take away a man's ability to feed himself. To yeah. Do something fulfilling. Yeah. And by the way, full knowledge that these guys are friends of the parents of the boy that you're bullying and that these guys are friends of the parents that you were cool with having killed. And now you're not. Yeah. And I, I, well, I, he was I bet he, you you're going to get to that. But like, yeah, he's supposedly on the side of anti Dumbledore or not Dumbledore, uh, Voldemort. Yeah. Same amount of syllables. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's on the side of anti Voldemort. And yeah. yet he is actively working to weaken the side that he is on. Yeah. 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 So Snape engenders a culture of bullying and racism in the house he's head of. Mm. So it wasn't like that already? Well, here's the deal. Um, we we hear prior to Snape, and I don't know whether there was, I, I didn't do enough research to like get into the deep lore about it, but we know Horace Slughorn, former uh, potions master, Mm-hmm. was the head of Slytherin house when Snape came to school. Is Slughorn the one that sets up like the really creepy after school special kids club at his house? Yes. Okay. Yes. He always yeah. had the same vibe for me as the guy who owned the comic book shop in, in different strokes in that very special episode. And he gave, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that vibe was there for yeah. sure. Um, so Slughorn, like he um, has his own counter of when Hermione turns eighteen, like that kind uh, of thing. That yes, yeah, yep. Um, so setting setting that aside for a moment, sure, sure. that's that's a whole other episode we could get into on like all of the creepy shit inherent in like school boy school child fiction tropes. Um. When he was there, Snape got into Slytherin house mm-hmm. and Snape is a half blood. Okay. So sometime between 
Slughorn running the house and Snape running the house. Because by the time Snape run, runs the house, in order, like any everybody in Slytherin is a pure blood. And they are pure blood supremacists. Okay. Okay. And so, so that may have been part of the background of the culture when Slughorn was there. But it is now definitely part of the culture with Snape in charge of with Snape acting as the adult overseeing uh, Slytherin house now in, in the present of the books. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than learning from his own mistakes, which I'm going to get into in a minute and trying to inculcate a non bigoted culture in Slytherin, he actively participates in his students, repeated harassment of muggle born students, especially Hermione Granger. Uh, when the heir of Slytherin returns in the second book, um, Draco fucking Malfoy, speaking of students, like I would hate, like right. Draco Malfoy embodies every personality trait I would look at in a sixth grader and be like, I'm going to have to talk to your parents. I got to do my they're job. They're the ones that are going to call me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, um, yeah, but like. Draco Draco Malfoy literally starts salivating with excitement uh, at the prospect of Muggleborn classmates being murdered. Yeah, like like not just like you know, uh, you know, fuck you, fuck you, Muggles. Yeah, you know, not not no no no. Like he is all the way like let's go, motherfucker, all in on you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy you're going to die. Yeah. And Snape doesn't say shit. Right. Like he doesn't, he doesn't egg him on, but like, he also doesn't look at him and go, Draco, knock it the fuck off. Like he yeah. doesn't even, he doesn't even, he doesn't even look at him and say like, no, no yelling in the hallway. Right. It's right? Not, like, like there have been times where you and I have had to dress down a student on account of their behavior or something. And then another kid's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't get to add to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He doesn't do that. And no. By the way, this isn't uh, now you have to write 50 sentences. This is Oswald Mosley is now in charge and your kind have been deemed, you know, useless eaters. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and like throughout the second book Draco Malfoy is an accelerationist. Like you hear the shit coming out of Draco's mouth and you're like, you're 12 years old. Right. Going on 13. What the actual fuck kid? Well, I wish, I wish I could say that that is just too strange to be real, but teaching has taught me a few things. Yeah, I know. I, I understand. But like, you know, if, if we were, if, if Draco were saying that shit as a fifth year, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as somebody who's, who's had more time to truly fully develop into being a shithead. Right. Like that would be one thing, but this, this is a, this is, this is, this is a, a kid, like not even a young adult yet. And, and he is just quivering with excitement and wishing 
you know, uh, it's, it's a thing that he says, you know, I wish my father would, would, you know, tell me more about what's going to happen. You know, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, he literally says that he can't wait to see Hermione dead. Yeah. And like, there's no, um, there's, there's no, no adult. And, and this is, this is a, a failing of literally every adult in that goddamn school. Um, and it's one of the few places where I, I want to point a harsh finger at, at Minerva McGonagall, who otherwise is like, you know, life goals for me. Um, but it's one of the times where I want to like, look at all of them, all of the adults involved and go like, I'm, I'm sorry, fuck all of you. Like mm-hmm. what the hell? And I mean, we'll, we'll get to why that doesn't happen because that's blindness of the author. But, um, we find out eventually that Snape is a double agent working for Dumbledore to thwart Voldemort's plans. And like, okay, well, yeah, um, cool. the enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. Right. He looks like a bad guy, but he's really on the side of the angels. Okay. All right. Um, you know, tell me more about this. Well, okay. I will tell you more. Um, what I'll tell you is, uh, he's doing it because he has an obsession with Lily Potter and he doesn't actually have any moral objection to what the dark Lord is doing. Um, you know, the whole, uh, setting up a, a wizard fascist state and, uh, you know, eliminating muggle borns and then enslaving muggles. He didn't have any problem with any of that. Um, no, he, he actually holds like everything else that motivates him. He holds a personal grudge right. against Voldemort, uh, specifically for the death of Lily Potter. Now, I'm not going to say that when you're fighting against fascists, you won't take all of the help you can get. Sure. Yeah. Especially if it's uh, somebody who has an operational knowledge of the other organization yeah. or right? if it's somebody who has a grudge. Yeah. Uh, or if it's somebody who who has good reason or not even good reason, but compelling for them reason to uh, to do that. I absolutely agree. Big tent. Yeah. But it also doesn't make those people less of an asshole. Also true. Like, you know, you you still looked at the gray uniform with the skull on the hat and went, yeah, that looks cool. I want right. to be one of those guys like the aesthetic is very pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> the lines they are so clean you know like so crisp i have always liked hugo boss um <laughs> like okay no well then um you know i'll i'll totally i will i will work with you but when this is all over yeah yeah we're, we're not we're not going to be friends i'm i'm still not gonna you know you're you're still not going to have a seat at, at at the at the friends and family table when right. this is all over like right. you know um and so yeah he's on the right side he's still uh bullying students he's still a wizard supremacist he's still an asshole mm-hmm. um and he has still done demonstrably harmful things yeah to a host of people including children so like okay you're you're telling me that he's he's really one of the good guys i'd kind of like to see him show me that he's actually a good guy and not just a bad guy who's working against the big bad yeah can we can we get some of that please 
Well, so then you you already started talking about this, but as as you know, part of trying to thwart Voldemort after we find out, no, no, Snape Snape is a, a double agent. Um, Dumbledore tells him, um, you know, Harry Harry and Voldemort have this you know psychic link thing going on. Uh, mm-hmm. We we can't we can't have Harry uh, having having a Ray moment with the um, uh, you know Voldemort being um, oh damn it uh adam driver shit um uh kylo kylo yeah we we can't we can't have harry having a ray moment with with voldemort's kylo ren you know uh in in the middle of anything here so i I need you to teach him how to how to block off his mind uh snape is literally the greatest occlumens alive which is the only reason he's able to successfully be a double agent so yes he's qualified like obviously he's an expert just like he's an expert at potions right right but his his teaching style, even before we get to what you mentioned, right? Um, his teaching style as a private tutor is even worse than his style as a classroom teacher, which is singularly shitty on its own. Um, yeah, I mean, because it's it's just abuse turned up; it's abuse personalized. Yeah, yeah. and and rather than uh, teaching it in a because like what we're talking about here is is literally. I'm going to try to break into your head mm-hmm. and I'm going to teach you how to resist me and how to fight me off. Like there's already, even, even if it were a, a saintly Jedi master being the one teaching this, who, who is, you know, doing everything right. It would still be potentially damaging and violating and, and bad. Right. I mean, it, it strikes me as the kind of, of lesson that requires a lot of aftercare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that we're going to have beers after, we're yeah. going to have beers after this. Um, yeah. and, and there's going to be a calm down phase and there's going to be, and, and I'm going to, you know, you're going to, you're yeah. going you're to get to pet puppies. There's going to be a puppy room afterward. <laughs> like, like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's going to be, yeah. Um, I, I want you, I want you to find somebody who is not me who you will be able to go to immediately after these lessons and, and talk to and vent with. And if you need it, just hug like, exactly. You know, cause maybe, maybe I won't be the right one to do that for you in that moment. Like, right. 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 Um, so like even, even an instructor who was motivated to do it right, it would be a really hard thing to do. And Snape, not only doesn't give a shit, he, he really wants, like he gets a kick out of hurting Harry. Oh yeah. He goes both legs in like, yeah, yeah. just, yeah. And, and then when Harry fails, instead of, um, saying, all right, so let's, let's learn from that. What do we need to do differently? How, you know, right. what, what is it, what is it that happened that caused you to not be able to stop me? What, what happened there? You know, it was just, you failed. This isn't going to work, but we have to keep trying. So, again. Right. Like, And again, I could understand that if, like, he is trying to separate himself from Harry, who he correctly calls out Dumbledore for treating like a pig to be led to slaughter. Yes. So if he's having to emotionally detach himself from this kid, while doing these things, I could even understand that, but there's no indication of that because he discovers 
that Dumbledore is going to sacrifice Harry. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, I've thought about yeah. it this whole time. So mm-hmm. he doesn't get credit for that knowledge anyway. Nope. And so, yeah, what he's doing is is not, you can't retroactively say that he was uh, trying to even separate himself emotionally from a kid that he knows is going to die. That yeah. He's preparing to kill. Yeah. yeah. No, he, no. So, um, now, the Harry Potter wiki argues that Snape didn't actually believe in wizard supremacy, but fandom aside and fan fiction aside, in the canonical universe created by Rowling, every single Slytherin student is a wizard supremacist. Every one of them we see. Yeah. Uh, some are more open and blatant about it, <clears throat> Draco. Um, but we never see anyone in Slytherin house telling the racists off. Right. We never see any of them like coming over and quietly expressing solidarity with the muggle-born victims of their bigotry. Like no, no second year Slytherin girl ever comes over to Hermione at some point in year five and goes, you know, look, I'm really sorry about the way they're all treating you. It really sucks. And I just want you to know we don't all think that way. Like there's none of that. None of that. None. Not even not even anything as kind of half-assed and like I don't want to say cowardly because they're kids, but you get what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There isn't even anything like that. Well, and the, when they use the polyjuice potion to go into the other house, yeah. Um, there's no like, at least in the movie, I don't recall it also in the book, but there's no like, you see somebody off to the side, just like shaking their head at how shitty everybody's being. Yeah. Slytherin. Like everybody's yeah, no. all mm. in on that shit. Oh yeah. They're all, they're all yeah. full throttle. Yeah. Um, the culture of Slytherin house is utterly steeped in wizard supremacy and Snape. I, I want to stress this again. Snape participates in it. Mm-hmm. This is as a 30 something grown man. Yeah. Um, so there's no, there's no excuse like, well, you know, he's a kid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like you can look at the kids in Slytherin house and you can say, well, you know, children are the product of their environment and they all come from these, you know, hoity toity, you know, shitty families. Right. 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 Like that argument can be made. Um, and I've, and I've actually, (laughs) I've actually gotten into arguments, uh, with my own students, this is this is back uh, before we really knew what a shithead J.K. Rowling is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I would openly talk about the Harry Potter series with my students in in moments of of that, and and I had one of my brightest ever students, like one of the smartest kids I've ever had. I remember you talking about her. Um, yeah, was was proudly like no no i tested in slytherin and there was there was a certain amount of just you know backing and you know back and forth you know giving each other a hard time there um because i'm a gryffindor you know i have no chill uh as we've established is is the actual core trait for being a a a gryffindor um but you know and 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 it was it was banter back and forth until um, I wound up at, at one point, I just looked at her and I said, I don't understand 
because uh, like like I, I don't remember what it was that she 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 threw out some point about something. I said, OK, no, that's that's not supported in the text, though. Um, That's not that's not that's not provably true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what everything we see about Slytherin House is built around the idea of pure blood supremacy. Right. And and I had to be in the moment as, even as I was saying all of that. I was I was editing the way it was coming out of my mouth sure. because the student in question was black. Mm-hmm. And part of my own internal like looking at her and not understand like this is this is fantasy racism. I don't get like in my own head I was I was having a real I was trying to trying to interrogate how she could overlook the fantasy racism of it. Mm-hmm. And essentially the answer kind of was, well, you know, uh, there, there are these outside sources outside of the text that say that that isn't really necessarily always a thing. Right. And okay. Like, and, 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 you know, the conversation, the argument stopped at that point because, okay, you know, whatever you got to do, I I don't, you know, I I didn't want to turn it into a thing from there, but right now, just between you and me, I'm going to say, I don't care what the wiki says. I don't care what JK Rowling says outside of the books in the books. This is what we know. Well, you can also, can we expand the books to include the movies? Oh yeah. Okay. So these are the, those are the two primary texts that we're using. Those are, yes. those are canon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Canonically, literally every Slytherin we see is a wizard supremacist is a fucking racist. Um, so Snape participates in all of that. Mm-hmm. Now in his backstory, the, the part of his story that is supposed to make us all, Oh, this poor man, this, this, this redeeming quality that he has. Snape had grown up in the same village as Lily Evans. He had known her since early childhood and he right. had loved her unrequitedly. He, he was absolutely sodden, just completely, you know, uh, consumed sure. with, with his love for her. And she had cared about him, but it had never been the same kind of thing in return. Mm-hmm. She was of course, muggle born. And during their time at Hogwarts, um, uh, Snape's time in Slytherin surrounded by wizard supremacist classmates led to the death of their friendship. At this point, I will mention James Potter and Sirius Black did bully Snape. Okay. And Snape burned to be revenged on the two of them. Sure. And Lily had done something we never see a Slytherin do. And she had called James and Sirius out on their bullshit. Mm -hmm. We, we see this. This is, this is a memory that, that Harry accesses. And it's part of the reason that, that Snape, you know, flounces off and says, I'm not, I'm not training you anymore. Um, she turns around and tells both of them to knock it off, grow up. You're being assholes. Right. And they then do something that we never see anybody in Slytherin do. They actually reflect on their behavior and that seems to have motivated both of them to start the process of turning into better people. Mm-hmm. Very important point I want to make here. I kind of already yeah. said this. They reflected. Yes. 
And then they, and then they worked to get better. Yeah. Snape never made that decision. Mm -hmm. Never, never. Um, after calling the object of his affections by a horrible slur and shattering their longstanding friendship, Snape decided through some level of incel logic that the way to win her back from her Chad boyfriend was to join a terrorist group devoted to the oppression of muggles and muggle born wizards, which she was one. Mm -hmm. Like, like how exactly this was supposed to work. I don't know. Part of, part of my criticism of this being his backstory is like, she's supposed to be smart. Like he is smart. He's demonstrably a smart guy. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Like what the hell? Um, but during Voldemort's campaign of terror and murder, Snape was cool with it until Lily was threatened because Lily, right. who he still carried a torch for, was endangered and ultimately killed out of a sense of guilt because he had given Voldemort the information on the prophecy about Harry mm -hmm. and personal indignation because he had begged for Lily to be spared, not, not the baby, not her child, not James, her husband, right? but only her. He wasn't pissed about James getting murdered. He wasn't pissed about Voldemort trying to kill a literal infant. Well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't consider the hurt that would cause Lily if she had been spared. Right. But because Lily was killed and mm -hmm. he had personally asked the, the, the big guy not to do that, he decided to switch sides. Yeah. I mean, it gets to, you know, you called him an incel already. And I think that yeah. you know, we're scratching <laughs> yeah. something very important there because at the end of the day, he didn't love Lily. He wanted mm. Lily. He didn't. Yes. And, and maybe in the beginning of the day, he did love her. I, I'm fully fine with like, he took a dark turn at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know when and where, but eventually he wanted to possess her. Yes. I don't know when that breaking point is, but at that breaking point, I dare say that that was the, uh, <laughs> I just, it just came into my mind. Um, the, the, the scene where, where um, Picard is being put on a drumhead trial and he just stops. He says, you know, there's a certain set of words that I've memorized since I was a very young, you know, young man. When the first link is forged it enslaves us all you know when it's it's mm -hmm. when they're having the thing about you know uh lieutenant Tar or ensign tarsus the guy who lied about being romulan that his mm -hmm. grandfather was romulan you know etc yeah. um is great i mean you know how can you not oh, like i mean TNG? you know but yeah. he does this great speech where he quotes the prosecutor's father's words back to her and causes her mm -hmm. to go ape shit but just the <laughs> the first link is forged and I wonder if maybe that was the first impossible to take back moment was when he wanted to possess her and he stopped loving her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. thereafter, every yeah, decision is forever tarnished forever fucked up because and, of that. and yeah. leading him no matter how good he tries to be. Um, and he doesn't, but yeah. uh, it, it yeah. it's always forever stained after that. And I wonder yeah. if that's not the moment. You know, but yeah. yeah, he didn't love her. He wanted to possess her. And that's 
you know, what can you say to that? That's not love. No. You know? No, it's not. Um, By the way, the, is, is oh. Sirius Black um, Slytherin? No, but Black was a Gryffindor. He was a Gryffindor as well. Yeah, uh, Black, all, all of, all of so the, all the boys, Marauders, like, yeah, all, all yeah, the Marauders, okay, were, were Gryffindor. Uh, and in Black's, writing. it really is. It I really mean, is. Yeah. It really genuinely is. Um, and, and especially when, when you look at, um, the, the theme that we wind up seeing when we look at the four houses and right. oh, yeah, humors Black's and all that stuff. Family had gone Slytherin. He yeah. Black's he, for, for him choosing to go into Gryffindor was a fuck you to his family. Right which yeah. is admittedly just about the most Gryffindor thing you can do. Well, I'm fine with him doing it, his, but yeah. like you could have absolutely put Remus Lupin into um, uh, Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw, you know, yeah. you, you could have done that and had them. Yeah. You could have James Potter be Hufflepuff. Yeah. You know, you could, I mean, it doesn't yeah. really change the nature. You know, no. the fucker's dead no, anyway. Yeah. Um, But putting all the main characters support in, in the red and yeah, the gold. Well, like, eh. <laughs> it's it's tropey. Like it, I, it's lazy. Know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. It 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 goes past tropey and into lazy. Yes. So, um, in the end, I'm, I am going to say, um, Snape does show considerable physical courage. He Which is. I, I gotta say. In many ways, for people like, for people like him, uh, I, I have trouble using that phrase. But yeah. no, for for people who who are so up their ass about their own shit, yeah. um, physical courage is the only way to enact your masculinity. There is that I hadn't I hadn't considered that. Um, and, I and, was. Yeah. So, so in many ways, I consider it like the least of the courages to see that's, that's what I was, that's, that's what I was going to say is I think as virtues go, physical courage is, is near the bottom of, of like ranking of, of importance or, or moral value. It is physical courage. I mean, it is, it is something to be admired, but it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't gain you enough points in other areas. Um, he is undoubtedly mm-hmm. a very smart and a very strong willed man. Yes. He was certainly the victim of bullying and a bad upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is true. Yes. But he chose, he chose <laughs> to cause a massive amount of hurt. Yeah. that he never owned up to, or apologized for. He didn't sacrifice himself in the end to save Harry. Like everybody who, 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 like the individual who created this, this uh, video that I talked about that I saw that, that got mm-hmm. me going on, on this whole thing. Uh, they, they framed uh, the, the, the clips from the film in a way that, that makes it look like, you know, he, he winds up giving his life to save Harry and no, that's not what fucking happens. Uh, he was killed by Voldemort in order for the Dark Lord to gain mastery over the Elder Wand. Yeah, he was just a tool. He was just he was a tool. Yes, that's yeah. that's it. That's it. And Harry Harry finds him. It's not yes. even like he he said, "Okay, I know I'm gonna get killed by this asshole. 
I'm yeah. going to make sure I lure him away to the boathouse so that yeah. he won't find Harry. Yeah, no. None of that. Yeah. None of that. No. Again, um, like you said, physically very brave. And and I'm not going to rank it low like that mm. unless the person doesn't do the other work. It's almost yeah. like if you don't do the other shit to be brave in all the other forms of jihad that we face in this world, yes. then <laughs> your physical jihad doesn't mean as much to me. Thank you. But Thank you so you... much for bringing that term into this conversation, sure. using it in the proper context. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but if you do, if you do, if you do, if you do, and if you do, but no, if you do all the other work, then yeah. your physical courage matters a lot more because look what you are losing. Yeah. You are losing yeah. a complete version of yourself. That is more at risk. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So Rowling spends an inordinate amount of time in the final book mm -hmm. trying to show us all through Snape's memories how tragically misunderstood he's been throughout sure. the series. Oh, he loved Lily so much because she was kind to him as a child and he held a grudge against James and Sirius because they were bullies to him. And just look at all the things he did to help stop Voldemort. He was instrumental in so many ways. So was Winston Churchill, but he's still a fucker. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't mark <laughs> it on my bingo card that you were going to like, I didn't, I didn't predict uh -huh. that, that you were, that you were going to bring up Churchill there, but I should have. Yeah. I mean, we're in a have. British story. Yeah. So. You know, so there you go. <laughs> um, look, I'm not going to deny any of those, any of those statements, any of those claims by, by Rowling. Right. I'm just going to add. Yes, and mm -hmm. he was all of the shit I mentioned above, and he never repented. Mm -hmm. So he gets no redemption. And Rowling doesn't get that. Like in in the afterward, in in the epilogue to to the story, uh, we see that oh, Harry this, has at the chosen. Train station? Yeah, at the train station. God, I love we, that scene so much because he he's. <laughs> His wife is just a vessel. I mean, oh, it's like, well, yeah. like he I mean, gets to name, and I got to name all of my children too, but it was a choice that my partner made to give yeah. me that, right? Yeah. Or something yeah. that we made together. But yes. he's like, yeah, I'm going to name one kid this. I'm going to name another kid that. Honey, keep up. Like. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry. So they're there at the train there's, station. There's a whole, there's a whole sub theme. <laughs> that like I didn't spend any time researching, but sure. uh, Ginny Weasley, nay, or Ginny Potter, nay Weasley, mm -hmm. deserves a whole episode on her own. Um, because <laughs> she deserves so much better than Rowling gave her. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but like we find out that he's he's named one of his kids after uh, Albus Dumbledore, and the man who killed him. Who and and he reassures his child by saying, "You're named after two of the bravest men I ever knew," and okay, that's that's great up until your kid like learns the whole backstory there, mm -hmm. and is going to look at you like, "Why did you give me? Why why is one of my names that of my grandmother's stalker? Like, the fuck? Yeah, why didn't um, you give me a third or a second uh, middle name of Vernon?" While you're yeah. at it. Yeah. Just while you're at it. All the people who abused you. Like, yeah. Just name yeah. me after like, all of them. Like, you know, and, and, and my, my very good friend, Maggie, um, 
who doesn't listen to the podcast, but Bishop does, and he'll he'll tell her I mentioned That's why this. you two are good friends. Uh, <laughs> she she her her argument is no no the kid's name should have been Rubius like for fuck's sake why is the kid not named for Hagrid like of all the people all of right. the adults in your life you could have named one of your children after come yeah. on now I will um, say this I will say this um naming your kid after the man who tried to sacrifice you um and the man who basically sentenced you to death yeah. Um, regardless of their reasons, like that's the reality, um, yeah. has some real naming your kid Anakin vibes. If you're Leia, yeah. like, and in mm, the EU, yeah. she named her son Anakin and Han was like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's like, and now, now keep in mind, this is the EU. It's now considered legends. It's, it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. canon. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've had the great schism. Um, yeah. but, uh, in the EU, she names her her third kid Anakin, and he's the most powerful of all our kids. Yeah, and she does it to redeem the name. Yeah, and I would have been cool if he said that. Yeah, like I would have been all right, cool. And like, and I will also point out mm-hmm. canonically because force magic, we know that Anakin did turn in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but she didn't. She, she, well, and she and Luke didn't have those discussions. In fact, if 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 we're gonna go canonically, okay. here we okay. go. All right, all right, all right, all right, uh, all right. In I hope in the old worms, text, I'm ready for it. Okay. Uh, in in the Legends series now, um, Vader's ghost or Anakin's ghost shows up like two or three times to talk mm-hmm. to her, and yeah. she's like, "Get the fuck out of here, dude! I want nothing to do with your ass. I don't give a wow. shit if Luke forgave you. You can go eat a bag of dicks." Uh, and I okay. hope they're all cybernetic and she just goes off. Um, okay. and, and like, he's like hella sad at some of the shit she's doing. Cause she's kind of going darkish on some oh, things okay. and he's kind of the weeping ghost in some ways. Okay. Okay. And okay. then she kind of yeah. finds a way to make peace with it. But like her relationship with Luke is still pretty distant after everything. Like they keep getting called into different realms in this world, you know? So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. she never really gets much more than just a narrative story, not so okay. much a, you know, let's do the therapy work on this story. Oh, okay. Right. And in, in the one where he shows up, I, I forget which one it is, but like, she's like, fuck you, dude, you tortured me. Yeah. Well, fuck yourself. Like right. you tortured me. You froze the man I love. You, yeah. Like, yeah. You cut no, off my brother's hand. Like, fuck yeah. off. Like, and and she still ends up naming her kid Anakin, and that's and and I think uh, her dad shows up as a ghost when she's preggers. Um, but she she ends up naming a- Anakin to redeem the name, and okay. she makes her peace through doing that. Okay, which is such a Leia thing to do. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do any of your work. I'm going to do my own work, and I'm going to do it yeah. my way. Yeah, but hard as anyway, fuck. Like he didn't do. Uh, but, yeah, but that's all legend, so it's, it's yeah. irrelevant. But um, okay, so he names yeah. his son after. The two men he admires most missing all the lessons. Stockholm Syndrome much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so so Rowling gives us all of this stuff. That would be like Ron naming his kid after uh the 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 German dude that like Hermione had a thing for it for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know? Crumb, Victor Crumb, yeah. naming yeah. naming their kid Victor. Yeah, yeah, but Ron like, choosing to, you know. Yeah, yeah, like uh, what? Yeah, yeah. 
so so Joanne uh, mm-hmm. desperately wants him to be this redeemed Byronic figure. Like, look at this tragic backstory. Look at right. look at you know he was this this brooding you know dark unpleasant figure, but in the end he was good. You know, he was fucking Gollum. That's what it he was. was. Really was. He really was. was. He was. <laughs> That's a great. That was a great analogy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she co-opts Harry into it, like like we just talked about. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I have here again overlooking Hagrid, who is demonstrably a better person and more deserving to have somebody named after him. Yeah. But Rowling shows that she understands neither Byronic heroes nor how redemption is actually supposed to work. Like yeah. it's just not there. Um, and so, 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 you know, and, and this ties in and this, this then leads into, uh, kind of, kind of the rest of my thesis. Um, but very quickly, according to the church, because I am the surly Catholic of the two of us, uh, the sacrament of reconciliation, which is how you get right with God Mm -hmm. requires four parts. You have to confess your sin. Okay. You have to, That's you have Leonardo. to, you have to, yeah. You, <laughs> you have to recognize that you've done wrong. Donatello. Oh mm. no, you're still. On no, this Leonardo. is still on confession. That's, yeah, yeah. that's confession means, uh, I've, I've done, I've done a bad thing. Right. You have to express contrition or sorrow for your sin, for the thing that you have done. Raphael. You have to genuinely regret what you did. Mm-hmm. And you have to have the desire to make it right. So if you commit a sin and you recognize I did the wrong thing, but you have not yet gotten to the place where you say, I regret that I did it. Mm-hmm. This is just, it doesn't do you any good. Right. Okay. And it's not, I'm sorry I did it. It's, I see why what I did was bad and wrong. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Not yes. even just I see why it was bad and wrong. I feel bad about it. That part. Yeah. Okay. There's that contrition. Yes. You have to do penance. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is step three. You have to do or part three. Okay. You have to do penance, meaning you have to undertake some level of outward action mm-hmm. to show your desire to make things right and not make the wrong choice again. There is this. Um, conception uh that that non-catholics kind of have about about confession is that well like okay just do it and go confess and it's all okay and it's like no no. in order for me to to get right with god i have to not plan on doing it again like if i if i go in and i'm like no no this is wrong this is bad and i know i'm totally gonna go out tomorrow and do the same thing all over again right you're, that's just, no. I dare <laughs> you, say you're missing the fucking you, point. You, you, yes, you are. Yeah. You're missing the point. You're confusing uh, even, ceremony with sacrament. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Wow, really good. Um, Remember, and, the reason I'm an atheist is the same reason you're a Catholic. <laughs> it's the same source material. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, <laughs> like, so, and then, and then, finally, um. There is there is reconciliation, which is official recognition of forgiveness, which is which is the part of the sacrament where the priest says, you know, go forth and and right, sin no right. more. Um. So the the uh, there's there's a, a great moment 
in the TV series Bones, for example. Um, the the male lead, whose name I'm forgetting, uh, David Boreanaz, the actor who plays him, um, he is a a devout Catholic, and of course Bones herself is an atheist, and they're in a relationship that is moving in the direction of them getting married, but because of differences between them, they haven't gotten there yet. Right. But they are, they are living together mm-hmm. and they are doing what consenting adults who live together do. Sure. And somebody said, and, and I think it's bones actually, actually says to him, uh, well, you know, if, if it's bothering you so much, why don't you go, go to confession? Cause you can, you, you believe in that stuff. You can go I confess ain't done doing you yet. Yeah. And he says, in order for me to get credit for confession, I'd have to plan on not doing it again. Right. I can't no. Right. <laughs> and, and it's, it's this, it's, it's a great, it's such a great character moment because it is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, mean, I on I'm, some levels, it's like, you're recognizing your flaws and your, yeah. you know, your unreadiness to do whatever. But on yeah. the others, I'm sitting there going like, Hmm how much you really going to mean it when you do it then yeah. you already kind of knew yeah. You were, yeah like yeah there's yeah as as a fierce dogmatist that i am <laughs> y'all have dogma you should fucking stick to it yes like, yes like dude yeah. yeah and and you know but also uh-huh. i get it i you know it, it's not the sex that kept me from being catholic or anything like that um but yeah i i, I do get the uh the the urges uh that exist outside of the bonds of marriage um but yeah yeah I, uh, like there, so, there's something deeply wrong to me about that though still of like no i will go get i i will go get forgiven when i'm done doing the thing that i know is already wrong it's like it you know what that is yeah. that's having a safe word that's four syllables that's some bullshit. <laughs> I love, I love that. That's, that's a what great that analogy. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Having a, you know, a four syllables. It's like, yeah. well, I, I my yeah. safe word is linoleum. That way I can get two extra thrusts in by the time they finish saying it. And it's like, yeah. Oh, Hey, technically you listen. No, fuck you. Yeah, dude. No, like, screw you. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think this is where I'm going to, I'm going to draw this, this episode to a close. Okay. Because um, now we're going to be getting into uh, the nature of apology and we're going to get into um, why it is. I think that Rowling doesn't get it. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm loving that. There's a second episode to this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it felt like we were winding down. You finish your thesis on him, but okay. There's, there's a whole nother layer. I love this. No. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Cause, cause this, this gets, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into, uh, rolling a lot. Okay. Uh, cool. and, and by that, I mean, I'm going to be taking manful thwax, uh, <laughs> at, at her, I don't know if reputation, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be calling her out on her bullshit, uh, yeah. pretty hard. So, which is kind of a cheap shot now, but I'm hey, okay. You with know that. what you, you, you start by fencing at a post, you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Using a pell. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So yeah. So now what what do you what do you take away from this at this point in this conversation? What is what is your um 
What do, what do you have? What, what is your response? I, I wrote down a question early on, and you can certainly answer this in the next episode or speculate uh, here um, okay. for, for a few minutes. Um, okay. When did the pro Snape stuff really get going? I think the pro Snape stuff really started mm-hmm. probably about the some sometime around the middle of the movie series. So like movie three, movie four. Okay. Because so were yeah. Okay. And and the reason for this is because uh, Alan Rickman did such is, a great job is I mean the man did an amazing job playing the character and and the thing is Alan Rickman played such a great bad guy he right. he had the ability to be so so unctuous and and just you know like there there was there was some level of of charisma yeah that, he's no matter he, no matter his size shape age or weight he's always sexy yeah i mean he is yeah he he always he always he he was always on some level charming yeah you know even even when he was like you were looking at like you wow you're fucking evil like what a holy shit and and arrogant and like oh my god what a jacket but but, yeah i'll still give you a hand job like Yeah. I mean, if, if you leaned that way, yeah, right, I, I never right. quite had that specific reaction, but I'm, I'm the, you know, yeah, het guy here, but you know, <laughs> um, but like, I was always looking at him like, oh my God, I can't, I, I want to see what you're going to do next. Like, right. And that's and, been and in even, every fucking movie that he's been in too. Everything. Yeah. Like he is, he is okay. such a prick in love actually, but yes. you still are kind of sympathetic to him. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think the deal is the charisma and the charm and the innate goodness of Alan Rickman, who by every account, anybody who ever worked with him, that's true. Talked yeah. about just what a wonderful human being he was and, and how, um, you know, collegial and friendly and, and kind and everything he was, and and you watch the guy in interviews and he was just he he was just a wonderful human being. Yeah. You yeah, know? I think so. And I think I think maybe that's some bad casting then. In in a way, it kind of is. Yeah. But I think because he did everything he was directed to do. Yeah. He did everything as good as he can do it. I, I'm not saying it's bad directing or bad acting or even bad writing. Um, but I would say it's bad casting. Like you you yeah they're like you should never cast tim curry as your earnest white meat baby face like no right (laughs) because because no matter how hard he tries to do it you're always going to think he's winking at you right you know like so same thing like i I think maybe that was some bad okay so that's what kind of got it started i was wondering if there was any kind of a fanfic resurgence in like the mid to 2010s that I can't speak to, but what okay. what is it in the 2010s that you were thinking of that was two that different would, things? One, the rise of the cult of the serial killer. Oh. And 
two, uh, the thing that always starts with the rise of the cult of like true crime shit is the creeping fascism. So the mm-hmm. fashy haircut, mm-hmm. the you know the the handsome proud boys kind of shit, but yeah. also um, you know uh, the I just I'm remembering uh, when uh, what was it? It was the the TV series Waco. It was like a um, miniseries oh, yeah. that came out. Yeah, miniseries. Yeah, and it starred uh, Taylor Kitsch um, or Kished or however you say it. Michael Shannon. Taylor was, Kitsch. Yeah, and, and Taylor Kitsch. And I remembered how many people talked about how sexy David Koresh was. Yes. Yeah. And it's like we don't need sexy David Koresh. We don't. We don't. (laughs) Um, Stupid sexy David Koresh. Right. And but like everybody started like, oh, I joined that. You know. And and again, it starts in the same way that people started saying like birds weren't real, but now you got assholes who actually believe. Actually, like yeah. So and because irony is dead. Yeah, and and the same thing. Yeah, the same thing with uh, the oh god, what's his name? Um, Jeffrey Dahmer series. Um, And I forget who played Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, but it was somebody that, that had enough sex appeal. I almost want to say it was Michael Sarah, but I don't think it was him. No, um, I, um, we'll figure it out next. next yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. But everybody talked about Jeffrey Dahmer in the same kind of, I'm being seduced by him way. And it's like, you know, oh, everybody likes a bad boy, blah, blah, blah. Funny, funny. But it's like, no. Y'all are fucking sick. These are people who like hurt. <laughs> he literally, he literally ate people. Yeah, well, not only that, but like he hurt marginalized communities in a horrible way. And you're sitting here just getting yeah. off on how sexy he is. Oh, he could eat me. It's like, fuck you. No. Like, like but yeah. there's there was this thing that was happening in the mm-hmm. mid-2000s or mid-2010s yeah. and into the 2020s. And I was just like, I was curious if if the rise of uh, Snape stands. Uh, I coincided with that, but I didn't I didn't look at yeah. the timeline Mm-hmm. for for the fanfic uh mostly because i didn't feel like i needed to based on the point i was trying to make oh sure um because that's i mean that that's a whole that's a whole vein of of inquiry that would have been great and now i regret not thinking of it but <laughs> uh, as usual when you ask a question like this it's when it's one of my episodes but yeah. um oh it's evan um, peters by the way that played okay jeffrey Dahmer, and everybody was just he's he's the guy that played um uh fast guy in x-men um, oh Quicksilver. yeah okay okay uh, yeah so that that guy playing jeffrey john oh okay you're like ah oh, you fucking gross twit yeah so, but anyway so yeah um but you wish you would have researched know, i, I yeah. wish i had researched that but you know i was mostly just like looking at the text and yeah, and yeah, like you know rowling and and kind of my point more focuses on on rowling when when we get into the next episode and i talk about that uh, what i'm what I'm looking at is kind of how she fucked that up and why. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what I've gleaned. I look right. forward to the next episode. Um, so uh, where can you find our, well, no, before we get there, yeah. uh, what are you going to recommend for people to read that doesn't enrich JK Rowling? <laughs> um, I'm going to re-recommend because I know I've recommended it before, but I am I am rereading uh, Two Gun Witch by a friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell. Oh, very nice. It is a kinetic adventure story um, with an amazing um, protagonist and um, 
Yeah. And it manages to examine some really uh, important stuff out of our own history here in the United States uh, in a way that uh, I, I think is very powerful and, and just awesome. So uh, Two Gun Witch by Bishop O'Connell. Okay. How about you? Uh, I'm going to make two recommendations. Uh, first one I'm going to recommend is uh, guest of the show, actually. Teresa Halverson's uh, Warehouse Dreams, uh, dystopian romance for adults, but it absolutely has to do with kids going to a school and learning to go- to do dope shit. So if you right. got your like Hogwarts brain kind of itched, scratch it with that. Um, Jake right. Rowling doesn't need more of your money. No. Uh, so yeah, that's Warehouse Dreams. Uh, right. And then cool, the cool. other one I'm going to recommend is actually a book that I'm really looking forward to getting tomorrow. It's called The Last Ronin, and it's by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And it's a turtle, oh, like yeah. just the cover alone. I'm so, ooh, it's a turtle, clearly. Um, and he's got strapped to his back nunchucks, uh, katanas, uh, a sigh, and I think he's carrying, uh, or and a bow staff. So I'm yep. like, what happened to the turtles? Um, so I'm very, nothing curious. good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm recommending. All um, right. Cool, cool. Neither of us care to be found, but no. where can you find the show? Uh, the show for the moment can still be found on Twitter because I refuse to call it X um, at uh, Geek History Time. Uh, and our website is wubba 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 dot geekhistorytime.com. And um, there we go. Uh, is there any place? No, you already said there's no place for yeah. you to be found. Uh, of course, you're listening to us, so you have likely already found us on uh, Stitcher or Spotify or uh, the Apple Podcast app. Mm-hmm. Wherever it is that you have found us, please take the time to uh, subscribe and give us the five-star review that you know we deserve, or at least that Damien deserves for putting up with my bullshit. So, <laughs> wait a minute. No, I'm the straight man. Anyway, uh, literally. But mm. anyway, <laughs> so um, there we go. What have... Cool. Any 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 final words from you, sir? No, just for a geek right. history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, Aloha Mora. <laughs>